Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights, and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host. Welcome to Branding Business, the expert opinion. Uh, I'm Ray Barrett, and today is a, is a really interesting topic. We're going to be talking about establishing differentiation in, in B2B through brand experience. And I'm pleased to have you know Andrea Frabri um, with us as, a, as our guest host. He's a brand strategist and uh, one with real big global expertise in traditional and digital. And what's so interesting about Andrea, not only that he works uh, with Branding Business now and heads up our New York office, is uh, he was a client at one time, has real great experience on both sides of, you know, of the desk here. And he's built a lot of different brands for, you know, an energy and software and financial, check the box there, and a bunch of brands that everybody knows here, Google and Cisco and Sonera Lighting and, you know, NXL Energy. So, Andrea, welcome to Branding Business. Thank you, Ray. So the first question, you know, to kick this thing off is, you know, the, the, the big changing world in, you know, in B2B brands. Let's start by setting the, the, the table here and talk about what are the greatest challenges that uh, B2B brands are facing today. Uh, thanks, Ray. I, I, you know, it's always an interesting uh, realization when uh, we meet with clients and realizing that, obviously, uh, the different industries bring different set of challenges. But from a micro-level perspective, in my opinion, there are two big challenges that B2B uh, brands and B2B businesses face today. The first one is really around differentiation, and, and that's interesting, and it's something that we always observe whenever we do, especially uh, competitive analysis. Most of the brands in the B2B category are built around what I call the business value, and all makes sense, except that that typically leads to what I call the bird of a feather syndrome. You will find a lot of brands that in a specific industry are positioned very similarly or the differences are so minute that it's almost uh, impossible to tell a difference. And that difference uh, expands across the whole gamut of what makes a brand from visual aspects to messaging to tools and so forth. It's a problem because today there are a lot of viable alternatives, so it's difficult for prospects and customers to differentiate one company from the other. For example, with the insurance business, I, I think I can count uh, probably at least the 20 brands that I've observed lately that um, are have built their brand on three dimensions, integrity, service, and personalized attention. They're all inevitably focused on that. It's a problem also because uh, uh, it's connected to another problem they have, and that is uh, around brand experience, as you initially introduced at the beginning. Brand experience is forced by the incredible amount of changes that have happened in the last five, six years, driven by technology platforms, by social, by demographics, uh, and so forth. And it's only going to get worse as the Internet of Things starts to become not just a dream, but a reality in pretty short order. That has changed completely how customers experience a brand. And on top of that, you have additional pressures that uh, companies like Apple, uh, thank you so much, have in a way enabled. A plethora of incredible devices have generated now an incredible amount of expectations from a customized service, immediate delivery of utility. Even if you are in a B2B, uh, people still expect the consumer type of uh, experience, and, uh, and they demand it, especially in a B2B space where contracts are not just uh, dollars, but they are 
multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar contract. These are the two big challenges that I see that B2B brands face today. Yeah, so, so let me throw you the, uh, uh, the, the softball to, to, to that, to, to the question and, and what B2B brands, um, really need to know and to think about. What should they be exploring? You talk about, you know, the commodity in terms of, you know, differentiation. So for them to break out of that, um, you know, what should they be thinking about, you know, and, and what are the, some of the benefits that they should expect by going through that process and, and developing a differentiated brand? So, great, uh, we agree with the challenges, so how we go about them. What brand experience enables to do, enables uh, brand, uh, B2B brands to capture differentiation because it really moves brands from promises into engaging realities. And, you know, so far, brand positioning strategies have only been put in place to augment the business value, but the business value was the, the big driver of messaging and branding. So what brand experience enables to do, enables to take the business value, create an, an, a better understanding of how to translate that business value into very engaging and emotional experiences that really matter in a B2B environment, and, and translate those through an integration of a variety of channels depending on the business, uh, of course, and depending on the industry, but it can be mobile, can be digital, can be physical, all integrated through a purposeful design integration and combination of all these channels and of all these touch points. And in fact, I would argue that an experience has to transform a touch point into a decision point, you know, so that Every single time there is an interaction with a brand that sort of, um, affects and, and has an impact on the decision of a prospect to buy and for a customer to continue to buy. So obviously there is a process that, uh, if, um, you know, um, if you want, I, I can go through, but the, the process is, is uh, fairly simple and it's fairly sequential, uh, obviously, execution is key. Yeah. So a couple of things, you know, I, I hear is, is one is that B2B brands really need to have a point of view is, you know, is their brand truly differentiating in the marketplace? And the second part is, if not, then they need to engage in, you know, in a, uh, you know, a, a research and approach that's going to get them to, you know, compelling truth that has taken them out of, you know, the commodity. The second part of here is, is from a brand experience standpoint, a lot of B2B brands don't look at it as the total kind of experience. And so, just thinking of that um, as as part of the ongoing kind of strategy and monitoring certainly has benefits. I always like to, you know, as as we're doing these shows, is to is to talk about examples. I think people can really, you know, learn a lot from examples. Um, you know, on both sides of the table. So maybe share a couple of examples of, you know, the brand experience and differentiation that that helps our listeners. I think, in, in interestingly enough, uh, I re started uh, realizing the importance of the brand experience in the B2B space uh, back 15 years ago when I was working at Intelsat and we transformed literally Intelsat from an international organization into a dynamic brand going through mergers and acquisitions. But the biggest shift was driven by one radical change that had to occur, transform customer an organization from a customer support organization to a sales hunting organization. That was an incredible change. For years, the company had been an international organization supporting member countries, R&D labs through a variety of signatories. Now, company suddenly, because it was private, had to sell 
because it was private and also because of market conditions and, 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 and global shifts happening in the telecommunications space, had to sell to business owners, to CFOs, not to people, therefore, with a, an education in rocket science, um, but rather with an education in business. So it was a very obvious that branding would be just, you know, a beautiful collection of statements without the brand positioning becoming operational. And I realized that for that to happen, we had to transform, we had to embed that positioning into the sales cycle so that salespeople would be empowered and the marketing cycle so that marketing and sales would be integrated holistically to create a new customer experience, a brand experience that would deliver that positioning so that it would transform a promise into reality. And so uh, what I did uh, at InfoSat was a very simple process, uh, but it ended up providing incredible results. The first step, of course, we uh, had already a, a brand strategy, and we were very confident about the validity of the brand strategy. So the, the first step, um, we did a customer journey analysis. And the customer journey analysis looks at both the how a customer proceeds from the awareness stage of the sales cycle through the loyalty. And we looked at fundamentally in you know, three areas. What were the messages the customers were receiving? What kind of actions were being asked to do? What kind of tools would, did they have in their hands to be provided the incredible level of service that was from the core components of the brand? And last but not least, how do they want how did we want them to feel throughout this interaction? So we analyzed that, and concurrently as we were doing that, obviously we were looking at the drivers of that journey, and the drivers are always internal. So we were looking at how is the sales cycle structure to support that customer across the various stages of the sales cycle. So we were looking at processes, we were looking at tools, we were looking at materials, we were looking at systems. At the end of that process, we scored the effectiveness of all the different elements that contributed to that customer experience and developed a scorecard that enabled us to prioritize the investments first, based on that also to redesign the new customer experience. That customer experience wasn't just including new collateral, it included new tools, it included new interfaces, it included new systems, new processes. All of that to deliver the end positioning and obviously increasing or maintaining, which was the key business goal, um, the customer satisfaction, which had been very high up to that point. And that was on the biggest fear of the executive team, you know, making sure that we, in the transition of becoming a private company, two examples of uh, the kinds of tools and initiatives that we took as a result of that around. Um, uh, the first one, it was very obvious that uh, the, the world was going digital. And, and so we invested um, into an incredible uh, re-engineering of the digital platform uh, to enhance self-service and also, therefore, eliminate all the mundane tasks that otherwise salespeople would have to do, which freed them up to be more effective as salespeople and to really focus on the key uh, aspect of a sales function, which is really relationships. That uh, investment started from the website, and we went from a website that was producing a few leads a month to one that was producing 30 leads a day. And we embedded that website with uh, a variety of call to action to really able 
explain to people with without too much of a background in satellite communications why satellites were important and how could they be used in the business. That went on into developing a customer externalizer that enabled people to book automatically specific services to an online portal that was connected directly into Oracle at that time for accounting purposes. So there would be an immediate revenue, uh, uh, not only booking, but also generation. And this is, again, to show you how looking at that on this sales cycle, we were able to capture all these opportunities for new value creation just by looking at how they were at the website. Another interesting tool was um, something a lot more simple. I actually hereby say that I think I was responsible with a few people at InfoCloud uh, for the creation of the first app. The, the salespeople uh, were very much accustomed to uh, using one and only one tool for primarily, especially at the beginning of the sales cycle. That is a booklet called Coverage Maps, which shows how satellites cover certain areas and the kind of connectivity that are possible and the kind of services that are possible. Now, depending on where you are in the world, you will get a different types of service, different type of power, which actually ends up different frequencies that ends up actually affecting the investment necessary to book satellite capacity or to buy a service. So this booklet was very complicated, very big, and clunky and difficult to bring and didn't really speak about innovation, which was another attribute that we wanted to uh, communicate. So back then, the company had moved uh, all sorts of people from simple cell phones to, you might recall, Ray, the, the Palm, the Trio. At first, maybe smartphone, we can say that, maybe. So what I did, uh, working with the technology department in sales, I moved all the information into that phone so that salespeople could connect that phone with the laptop and had that information handy. The only I did that, that I created a little flash app that salespeople could use at the beginning of the presentation that had basically the corporate messaging, everything layered appropriately, tied to very complicated technical information so that I was able to, through these two different devices, to facilitate tremendously the effectiveness of the salespeople right when they were meeting with the prospects that had very little understanding of satellite technology. Just these two, and there are many more, just these two are two very simple examples that resulted from that integrated analysis, the customer journey, and the sales cycle, internal supporting activity, and the amount of gaps and opportunities that we were able to identify, and the efficiencies in the results that we were able to deliver. The results are the following. Customer satisfaction increased at the end of two years, 45%. And we were able to generate just from the website, uh, re-engineering the website after the first year and a half, about $30 million in, uh, uh, worth, uh, in, in business, new business from the developing market. So these are two very simple uh, examples uh, of what these two activities overall generated among many others. But this gives you a sense, I think, of the importance of this. And last thing, what it, what it did, the experience Engineering experience made the customers realize that the promises that we were making through messaging and support were being not only maintained but delivered, exceedingly so. And so, in it, almost uh, subliminally, we stopped being concerned a little bit about messaging and concerned more about what we were doing to deliver that message. And that created the result that we were hoping for after a year and a half. 
but that also required some investment, and I had to admit some courage from the executive team. <laughs> well, it, it always does take courage, you know, uh, for change. I, I think what's fascinating about that story relates earlier to, you know, to one of your parts. There's a lot that B2B companies can learn from what the customer and uh, the consumer marketplace has done. But what's interesting is that, you know, they are two different kind of worlds, but the business and the strategic practices that uh, consumer groups use, like Customer Journey, that's been around for a long time, you know, the digital brand and overall kind of experience is more of a consumer thing. So having B2B companies, you know, find amazing kind of results by just putting those practices into place. I'd like to switch gears a little bit. Um, you have very unique experience. Not new, not too many people that I know, you know, makes a successful transition from being on the corporate, on the client side, to the agency side, to the uh, to the brand side. And so, for our listeners out there that are on, you know, either side, what are some of you know today some of the different challenges and some of the perspectives? from both sides of the table that should be taken into consideration moving forward and building, uh, you know, premier B2B brands? It's a great question. Well, it, it's definitely, it was definitely very, I have to admit, uh, very interesting for me to be on the agency side, having spent uh, almost 12 years on the corporate side, even though I was running practically wherever I was, uh, a mini agency within the corporation. So I think I would say a few things. The, the first thing that, that needs to be taken into consideration is that an agency needs to be a little bit like a corporate therapist. Let me explain. Typically, an agency gets brought in because there is a challenge, and big, small, large, but there is a challenge. Typically, that challenge requires some level of innovation and change. Nobody wants to change. I mean, that's just human nature. It's fully documented by tons of psychological studies. So first things first, no matter how good the strategy is, the real value is understanding um, how to lead a group of executives and then a culture of a company through that change. I personally found the customer experience to be a great vehicle for that because people suddenly understand what it means, uh, the new positioning. They get a tangible manifestation of that new reality that you're about to promise for customers. Hence, my second point, I'm a big fan of big vision, deliver a pragmatic, uh, achievable uh, roadmap that delivers that on that vision progressively through an iterative process that allows to bring people and resources and initiatives along try to do too much, people get disgruntled, there is scale, there is anarchy, and you can see it, and you and I see it many times in organizations that are going through change. If it's not managed well, you know, we start noticing a lot of uh, chaos, which is fine, you know, that's typical, but it can also be mitigated. So first one is making sure that there is an understanding of how to lead the group through change to make it practical, but also make it inspiring. And to me, there has to be that approach that you, you um, the new vision inspiring and a driving force rooted into business reality, but also make it pragmatic so that people can read and can get it, can grasp it, and can also make it relevant to their own, to their own world, to their own activities, so that it means something to them, that it's not just you know, just uh, a few words and a, a beautiful words and or beautiful statements and intention on a piece of paper. 
I'd say those are the three key ingredients for success. Uh, now, notwithstanding, obviously, a good, solid research methodology that leads you to the right insight, and then hopefully a good amount of innovation and creativity on the agency side, develop that new creative uh, driving force that you know, you've been hired to bring and to, to develop. But I would say those three, I consistently noticed how a good agency delivering that, the corporate client receives uh, three things. We receive the company that is invested. It's not just trusted, it's invested, as usually they hear the expression of skin in the game. They trust you more because you're taking this balanced approach. They understand that your heart is in the right place. You give them a big vision, but also understand that things need to occur slowly or with a pace. I always say this in meetings. I'm from Rome, in Italy. Rome wasn't built in a day. Brands need time. These are some of the ingredients, if you will, that I think are important for agencies and result into important values from the corporate side. Obviously, at the end, it's about results. You can do all these things well, but if things don't, don't pan out the way they were initially planned, that's a different story. You know, hopefully they do, if, if you do a good job. Right. Well, I think I think that's really good points and, and advice. I really like the uh, the idea about inspiring any any brand initiative and you know and overall experience kind of starts with you know with visioning and and uh, inspiration from within. So really great advice. I appreciate you know establishing differentiation B two B through brand experience and your experience. And if our listeners have any um, other questions or or want to get a hold of you in terms of any advice, um, how can they do that? Uh, they can uh, reach me on uh, my email, afabri at brandingbusiness.com, or they can call also my cellular, uh, 202-445-0061. Well, wonderful. Andrea, thanks for uh, being a guest on Branding Business, the expert opinion, and to all of our listeners, best of luck in branding your business.